Welcome to episode 51 of Monday State of Mind. My name is Michael Mazel, and I'm the Director of Alumni and Recovery Support Services for the Harmony Foundation. All right, you guys, we are in the middle of the month of April. We are in so deep, you guys, I mean deep into the topic of changing our environment in sobriety, right? New playground, new playmates. This is a topic that is so important for so many people, and it's one that a lot of us really don't like to recognize or even confront, or shall I say, address, because there can be some grief around it. Having to give up certain things to gain other things that are going to be beneficial for where we're at in our lives. So if this is your first time tuning into Monday State of Mind, when you're finished listening to this amazing episode, head on back to episode one and take those five minutes that that episode consists of to get to know me, yours truly, Michael, a little bit better and to also get to know the why behind Monday State of Mind, all right? So this is a first for Monday State of Mind for the guests that we have today. And I am so excited about the guests that are coming on today to talk about changing your environment in recovery, what that looks like, because sometimes recovery is a family disease. It also affects your significant other, especially if you're married or you have, again, that significant other in your life. And so today I have an incredible couple on the podcast today. What's really rad about the guest today is that the husband is in recovery And the wife is what I like to call normal, right? Like she's normal. She doesn't have a problem with drugs or alcohol. And it's a really cool dynamic. And and this dynamic exists for a lot of people that are in recovery. Like usually the husband or the wife is the one in recovery and the other one is not. And having to adjust your dynamic, right? Your dynamic around your friendships affects both people. So these two are so bravely coming on to hang out with me today to talk about what that looks like for them. So I will go ahead and have them introduce themselves to the world. So who do I have on Monday State of Mind today? Hi, Michael. My name is Robert, and I'm an alcoholic and an addict. (laughs) And I'm Leslie, and I am the supporting cast of my husband, who is an alcoholic and addict and also was raised in an alcoholic family. So it's it's nothing foreign. I've certainly been around it plenty, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm like, unfortunately, unfortunately. And so yes. uh, you guys, we're gonna like get into the meat and potatoes now. Robert, I'm gonna start out with you. You know, you are the person in recovery. So what does it look like when I bring up the theme, what it looks like to leave behind friends and find new friends that serve you for where you're at? in your journey. uh, What does that look like for you? Mm, This one's kind of tough for me. And I say that, I guess, because I'm fortunate. A lot of my friends I've known my entire life since high school and some even before that. And the support's always kind of been there. It always definitely has been there. I would just uh, never really seen it. That's not to say I haven't there's not, there's no longer certain phone numbers in my phone that I've erased since going to treatment. 
and other people I just choose not to associate with just because they might still be an active addiction. And I just got to protect myself at this point. But uh, as far as eliminating people, I really haven't really had to eliminate a lot of people. That's awesome. Because, you know, and sometimes people do, right? And so then I just want to ask because being somebody in recovery and then Leslie obviously is not, and you guys have a lot of a lot of mutual friends. So what does that look like for you, Robert, the longer you've been in sobriety to be able to communicate with Leslie about certain situations that might make you uncomfortable? Like if you have friends that are not alcoholic, but they drink like backyard barbecues, whether it's like Super Bowl Sunday, Christmas, but if you have situations where you're like, you know, Leslie, this just makes me uncomfortable. Are you able to have that open communication with Leslie? And what does that look like? Yeah, we have open communication around that. Um, I have exit plans, I like to call them. She's way more sociable with our group of friends. She likes to go hang out more than I do. So I'm always usually asking, like, who's going to be there, what time, all that good stuff. And for instance, if need be, like, well, I'll just drive separately so I have an out. But one thing that popped into my mind here, uh, like it's t- it took me like straight up when I got out of treatment, I didn't want to hang out because I was like scared to go to those situations right off the bat. So yeah, right off the bat, there was that boundary that I learned in treatment of just eliminate the, the temptation and just, I mean, as much as isolation got me to treatment and like fueled my addiction there at the end, I've used it beneficially to develop and to meet the new sober me, sort of say and how I'm going to introduce him to my group of friends or how he even fits back in, you know, who's sober Rob at this point and how he fits back into my group of guys. Ooh, I love that. I, I love that you, you're carrying those tools over. You just dropped some great tools, like driving separately, having an exit, communicating with Leslie, with your wife, who's going to be there so that you are prepared. You are setting yourself up for success. I dig it. I'm like, that's how we do. And so I want to go ahead and turn it over to Leslie. Having Robert come out of treatment, you guys do a lot of things together with the same friend circle. How has it been for you? And what does it look like for you when it comes to being supportive, right? If he's like, you know, honey, like I just don't want to go tonight. And how has it been for you to see that transition for Rob to really protect his sobriety so that he can have those moments with friends? Yeah, I think a lot of the insecurity naturally comes from his side of trying to figure out who this new person is for him. And his honesty is so important as well as me asking the questions of, are you comfortable with this situation? You know, for instance, I didn't know how comfortable he would be if I drank at those get togethers. And I'm more than happy to not indulge. That's something that I'm comfortable doing. But of course, if we're going, like you say, the, you know, backyard barbecues, uh, we went on vacation together. That was unique. You know, we've never been on a vacation where alcohol is not the constant focus. Where are we going to eat and drink? And where's the closest liquor store? And I actually really enjoyed that experience, but you know, we went to a restaurant, it was on the beach and I wanted to to have a beer and I didn't know how comfortable he would be with that. So I think a huge component is just that communication and him realizing I'm not trying to make it awkward or shameful. I'm trying to be respectful, but he also needs to speak up if we're in a situation that even though we've tried to prepare for it, 
he's just not feeling great about it. And just having that openness with each other. I mean, this summer's coming. This is going to be our first summer with him being sober. And, you know, our friends are into boating and lakes. And that's just one of those activities for us that beer is a huge part of. Drinking is a huge part of. And he's already kind of spoken up of, I'm not sure that I really want to do that. I don't know that that's really great for me right now. I don't, he's also spoken up saying that going on vacation by himself, he's not sure he's ready for that yet either. So I'm really proud of his vulnerability and just speaking up and saying those things and us being able to have the conversation around it. I think it's really important. Yeah. I love that you said that Leslie, because for all of you, uh, husbands, wives, significant others, it's so hard for all of you to help your significant other who's in recovery if they don't communicate, right? If they don't communicate or if they don't feel safe to communicate to you uh, in a level that it's going to be received with respect, even if you're upset about it, right? Leslie, even if it, it might bum you out that he doesn't want to go to the lake or if, you know, or if Robert's like, you know what, I just am not ready yet, but at least he's being honest instead of suppressing, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, to your point again, his sobriety is his number one priority. And we've talked about that. And he's talked about a lot of the things that he learned at harmony. And I'm so grateful for what I've learned as well in that, you know, for one, our friends like myself don't understand what alcoholism really is. I was so grateful that harmony recommended that book under the influence because I learned so much. And I think people, have the best of intentions with this idea of like, oh, maybe at some point, you know, he can just have a beer or maybe at some point this, and I don't think it comes from a malice place. It's just a misunderstanding. And I think at the end of the day, his sobriety has to be both of our priority. And yeah, sometimes it's a bummer. He can't join me, but I want him sober. And that means that comes first. Yeah. Ah. Robert, do you hear the support? I mean, but it's, but it's true, you know, I mean like that. And I think for a lot of people, like it's, it it can be uncomfortable. There's a level of transition that we all go through in recovery. And even, you know, with, with you two as husband and wife, I definitely want to get on the topic of there can be sometimes like you just mentioned vacation and how vacation used to revolve around restaurants and where are we going to drink and, you know, summertime, our friends and drinking. And there's kind of that, the level of grief of how things used to be. Things used to be a certain way. This is how we would interact. This is how we would spend our time and our laughter and make our memories. And now, now that Robert is sober, things look different. And so and I'm not saying different in a bad way. I mean, I'm so I mean, different in a great way, in my yeah. opinion, in my opinion, yeah. but I would love to hear just, you know, have you guys talked about that grief aspect of things are going to be different and what does it look like to explore new ways of being together as, as a couple in sobriety and what does that look like for you guys? So whoever wants to answer that first. Yeah, I don't think we've, honestly, I don't think we've talked about it a lot together, but there's definitely times where like I'll think of an activity or something and be like, oh yeah, we, we can't do that anymore. Or that's probably not going to be great for him to be a part of. And I personally am just so grateful and thankful that he's sober that, um, yeah, I do probably shove that grief away pretty quickly. And maybe it's something that would be healthier for us to explore. But yeah, I mean, I think that that is a real thing. I mean, for vacation, that was 
a huge thing. And I think about that in the future. And again, I personally thought it was a really nice change to not constantly. And again, I, you know, shared my family when we would go on vacation, even me as a kid, you know, I would be in a VFW bar with my mother and her sister and husband. And like, that was my vacation as a kid, just being constantly surrounded by alcohol. So for me, it was awesome to not have to think about it. It was like not even a consideration, but I don't know. How do you feel about that piece? Yeah, I think uh, as far as our relationship goes, like we've like we've been together since high school and we've always kind of like we hang out with the same people. But as far as our hobbies and interests go, we're like almost complete freaking opposites. So one thing like we found out in couples counseling once I got out of treatment um, was uh, like that's something we have to work on. You know, we have to find a common bond because she's not into the stuff that I'm into and I'm not into the stuff she's into. So we got to find something that's us. And that us used to revolve around partying and drinking. So we got to not that we haven't like started to, but as far as like finding a hobby that's ours, you know, like we ain't got that yet. And uh, looking forward to finding that, obviously. Yeah, that's like kind of like the gift of recovery, right? You guys, because sometimes until we're out of it, until we're out of like being around something that really controlled our lives, even though, you know, Leslie, like you're not a person that has a problem with drinking, but that it was a big part of like that focal point of everything that, that you guys did. It was always there. And now I like to look at it as like, there's, this is like an invitation, you know, a gift to be able to see, okay, this is how things used to be. And to just be willing and open, just like you guys have been talking about being willing and open to new environments, new things that come up. And so I do want to go ahead and ask you too, Robert, when it comes to that new environment, right? Like you and Leslie have been together forever. You're starting to make really awesome, sober friends, right? Like people, people outside of your circle that you've had for a long time. What does that look like for you, Robert, to be able to bring these new friends into the dynamic of you and Leslie or even your old friends, like intermingling them? Because a lot of times you'll see people in recovery. I see it all the time. People are like, my recovery friends, like my, my sober friends won't get along with my people, with, with my friends that drink or I have to keep them separate or I just can't be with, with these old friends anymore. I'm just going to go with the people that are in recovery. What does that look like for you? I think, um, well, they ha- definitely haven't merged yet. I mean, I got my group of friends that I've had my whole entire life. And then I've only been trying to make new friends here for almost eight months. So uh, there's a little bit of offset there. But I do, I think just being vulnerable and being open and talking about it. And uh, I think like no longer having to like keep my lies in check. And I can just be the same dude day in and day out in every situation I come in contact with. I think it's eventually going to happen. Like it's, it has to happen. There's no way it won't happen. I've already made made new friends, you know, through groups on Facebook, um, all based on sobriety. And, uh, you know, I just become more open to talk about my, like my true core guy friends that we never talked about feelings about, dude. Like, and now (laughs) I've started to open up and like, I'm finding like people are somewhat curious, you know, like my normal friends. And it's just like me being vulnerable, I think is just, for me, it's been huge, dude, because I didn't do that before. Yeah, I think I that's that. something I've been really proud of him because I could understand how it might feel like, I mean, we're very fortunate in that our friends are very supportive. They're not the friends that are like, oh, come on, man, just have a beer. You're not the same. Like they're very supportive yeah. in recovery and 
I, I know we're we're lucky to have that because not everybody experiences that. But I also think he has allowed himself to be vulnerable and answer those questions that they have versus it would be easy to get defensive and be like, oh, I don't want to be the token friend in recovery, you know, and having to answer these questions or, you know, maybe feeling defensive or I'm sure there's a lot of emotions you could feel. Um, and I've been really proud of him that he's just been open about it. And I'm proud of our friends for being open and learning. You know, I think we all are very, like I mentioned, uneducated on what alcoholism really is from a biological level, from a mental level. Um, you know, for him, he got help because he was experiencing extreme depression and we knew alcohol was playing a part. We had no idea the driving force, you know, alcohol for him was the cause. And that's that a lot of our friends experienced that depression with him. I mean, he would call our friends when he was upset and it's a very scary place. And I think they are owed a little bit that education of like, yeah, this is the journey. This is what it looks like. And, you know, they look at us because we've been together for so long of like, oh, we had no idea. We had no idea. And it's like, yeah, you know, we have struggles just like everybody else and they're dark sometimes and it's scary. And the more we talk about it, the more we learn from each other. Uh, I love that you said that because again, it is about, you know, it's, it's not like this weird, like, like unmentionable, you know, like we don't talk about it, you know, and we have to talk about it because like, then it, cause then it's about, you know, breaking that stigma and, you know, it's not like, you know, we need to have Robert walk around with a black X on his back, you know, but it's, it's, it's like, there's so many, seriously, but there's so many gifts from it. And I think a lot of couples, you guys that I've seen like really struggle, like, like they, they form shame around it with their friends. Like, oh my gosh, like my husband, he's like, he, he had to go to rehab. They're the ones that set themselves up. They create all these stories before they even give, you know, their friends, like you guys have your friends, the opportunity to like even be supportive. And so I want to ask you guys, like, if you could say something to the couple that is listening to this, whether it's the couple, the husband that's in recovery or the wife, that's not like, what would you say to them? I, both of you, if they're struggling with being able to talk about this with their friends and even welcoming new friends, like new sober friends, like what would you say to them about just embracing this change? Cause I think like you said earlier, one of you that, you know, change is hard, like change sucks. Like all of us we're creatures of habit, but when things like this happen, like we have to change because if we want to be successful, we can't go backwards. So what would you say to that couple that's struggling with honestly getting into acceptance of that one of them is an alcoholic and that things have to change? <laughs> that's a good question. Oh, if you want, I can go. go yeah. yeah, I think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, it's, it is hard because, you know, every relationship dynamic is different. Sadly, there's a lot of hurt that comes with addiction and the person that's going through it has a lot of hurt and pain. The people around them have a lot of hurt and pain. And for me personally, I didn't want to live in the past of like, this is what you did and this is how you didn't show up, but rather look at the positive of like what a different person he is now and sure, there's times where, you know, I think, oh, is he going to fall, you know, fall off the wagon or is certain triggers make me curious. 
And I think the struggle of being a human, you know, we lead with emotion. And if you can just take a step back and recognize like everybody has hurt, it's not about pointing the finger. It's about how do we continue to work together to keep their recovery our focal point. And again, just that open communication of when you treat me like this, it makes me feel like back when you were drinking or, you know, when I, when you want to leave a party early now, like I'm bummed out, I'm disappointed by that. Don't get upset if I'm bummed out. That's okay. That's natural for me to feel that way. But again, your recovery is what's important. And so I'm committed to that. So I'm going to leave the party and maybe be a little bummed, but don't let that shame overtake you. Cause it, I think just that a lot of those old wounds and triggers and finger pointing and all of that can really put you in an unhealthy place instead of, like you said, embracing what life can be and how there is a lot of new things. And you just kind of have to be open to that change. Gold, you guys put this on repeat. Leslie is dropping gold. <laughs> Robert, darling, come on. Um, yeah, I've listened to her my whole life and it's, it's not. <laughs> Um, (laughs) no, I think, uh, for me, I can only speak for myself on this. And for me, like, I was so scared of just opening up and showing my emotion. I had this tough guy image, you know, like, and really I'm like a big sissy dude, like, like, man, and it seems like once I've opened up and just been open to a new way of life and a new me. Man, like it, it seems to be working, dude. It didn't work right off the bat, but it seems to be working. I love it, man. Like, it's just, I'm happy, dude. I'm no longer freaking angry. I'm legitimately happy. I'm just grateful now, dude. It's awesome. Ah, oh, there you have it, you guys. Like Robert and Leslie. I just also want to ask my last question because I swear I'll wrap it up. I could talk for hours to you guys. Don't worry, you guys. This is not the last time they'll be on Monday State of Mind. So since Robert's been in recovery, since he's chosen to be sober, and to get his life back and to live a really great life with you, Leslie, and to be honest, what are a couple words that you can sum up that life is like for you today? Yeah. I mean, the biggest, as you were asking the question, like I felt like an internal, like, you know, goosebumps of just peace, you know, he was so in this cycle of shame and angry and everything was a fight and the world's coming after us. And it was so hard for me to be around that energy. And now it's like the conversations we have are, you know, about growing as people and he's learning new things through his AA meetings. And and we have those things to talk about now versus just constant anger. And yeah, so it's just peace. It's peace for us both and hope you know, hope for a future that's fun and exciting. And there was a lot of despair when he was drinking a lot, a lot of like, how do I help him? And how do you, you know, we knew of course him decreasing his drinking would help, but just like, we look back and laugh at some of these conversations because we didn't have the tools to get him the help he needed. And the counselor, he did two sessions with the counselor that was very upfront and honest with him and just said, you need help. And this is the help that you need. And it knocked him on his ass. And that's what he needed. You know, I tried the, like, how can I help? And the coddling and the, if you, you need to quit your, you know, I tried every way that I could, but I didn't have the skills or the tools and we're just in a place of despair. It was very hopeless feeling. And so now to have him sober and to see 
how much of our lives have improved from that one thing. That's the one gigantic step he took was just don't drink, just don't drink. And every day he says it like today, just don't drink. And all literally everything else is starting to fall in place because now he's open to change. He's open to learning a new way where before it was pointless. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And Robert, like, what would you say? Well, like you can't steal Leslie's word. What would you say your word, a couple words would be? Man, I would say, um, like I'm hungry again for life. My desire for life, my desire to experience cool shit, um, relationships, just the reason we're put on this planet is to live and not freaking be a miserable pile of crap like I was, man. It's a, it seems so easy, but it's been so like, just, ah, dude, it's, it's, it's awesome. I don't know. One word is awesome. Really. (laughs) Ah, I love awesome and hungry. I'm like, ah, Peace and hope and awesome and hungry. You guys, I can't thank you enough for being here with me on Monday State of Mind and being open to sharing a piece of your guys' story with the world. You have no idea how many people you're going to be helping by sharing a piece of your your lives with us. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here. You. Yeah. And we, you know, we've been blessed with a lot of people that have helped us, you know, you being one of them. I mean, it's, it takes a village to navigate life. And um, so, yeah, we, you know, we hope to, to help others and we're here, you know, if people want to reach out, we're, we're here to help. Yeah. You guys, um, I will be putting their uh, contact information in the show notes. So you guys can definitely reach out to Leslie or Robert. If you have any questions, anything at all, Uh, they're open books. They're here to help you guys because like I always say, you know, together we do recover. And so I want to go ahead and end this episode by reminding you that if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please call the Harmony Foundation at 866-686-7867. Recovery is a journey and Harmony gives you the map. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. 